Hello, I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to Tech Fest Talks, a podcast by students for students. And I am Arushi with a brand new episode for people who are passionate about looking after our planet. I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, Elena. Hello, Elena. How are you? Hello, Arushi. Um, terrified to be here, but happy at the same time. Uh, because English is not my my first language, so it's always a bit of a exercise to get to speak about technical stuff in in a language that it's uh, not my own. So if I make a terrible grammar mistake, we will ignore it. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's going to be lots of fun. So can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, about me. I'm a Spanish civil engineer and graduated my master's in transportation in 2014 from the Technical University of Madrid in Spain. And after that, I've had a varied uh, career. I have worked on site in the fourth bridge construction in Scotland as part of an internship. I then returned to Spain to work as an assistant project manager in a constructions company's R&D department. And afterwards, I moved on a job offer back here to UK to work designing roads and streets in the Birmingham area where I've lived for the past five years. That's so diverse. You've had a wide range of experiences. So for our first question, can you please explain how the environment affects transportation systems from a civil engineering perspective? Uh, I think it works both ways. I mean, when we are planning or we are getting to a project, usually the environment would be one of the constraints of the design, where the terrain or the trees are and how the terrain looks like and what is the material that the ground is made of. So we will try to avoid making an impact as much as we can uh, by minimizing our excavation or tree removal or the construction method to uh, avoid any root damage. And the impact that transportation has in the environment, however, might be the tricky question to answer because during a project, we make environmental studies on what bodies, trees assessments to see which ones could safely go and which ones are absolutely you cannot touch. And if there are any protected species in the area, and then we design around that mitigation programs like tree replacement or fauna protection like bat boxes or badger sets. There are also extra steps that can be taken afterwards, like which materials do we use or how we can reuse the material on site, for example, the earth that has been excavated. That's really great to hear. I didn't know that there was so much planning involved regarding the climate then. So some effects of climate change involve changes to weather patterns, which affect the rain, wind and temperature. As you mentioned, these natural elements have a huge impact on the planning and construction of infrastructure. So how do you think climate change will affect other transportation systems, such as bridges and roads? I think that probably climate change will have the worst effects for transportation due to rain and, and heat. When you're designing and building, you adhere to a set of standards that has been prepared for the average of the country that you are designing for. So extreme heat can paralyze the rail network because rails expand or buckle or power lines sag and it makes it unsafe to use at normal speeds or amounts. And in drainage modeling for roads and streets, even though we account 
for some growth in waterfall due to climate change. You can't really design around every flood event and there is only so much water that the system can take. Uh, design is moving towards more resilient projects, sure, but there is only so much that you can do to adapt. So there's going to be big repercussions then. I think so, yes. Unless we start doing something to cut it down to make sure that what we have in place will be enough. Mm -hmm. But yes, there will be changes and there are things that are going to be affected by it, by extreme weather events. I see. So are there any particular systems of transport that would be greatly affected by the cause of climate change, such as the boats or planes that are used for transporting goods? And why so? Mm, I think that the answer of that would probably still be rail, freight, rail uh, transportation, because boats can always float. So if you change where you're docking, it's not really that important. The same about aviation. They just need uh, a strip. But rails are absolutely locked to their location. Yeah. They absolutely need the rails to, to work. And even though all of them will be affected at some point, I think that the heat, the extreme events, the cold, the floods, all of that will have more damage to the ground and to the railway system. And a lot of countries' freight transportation would be compromised, even if we have designed a redundant system. So that's going to have a big impact then, because a lot of the world depends on railway for moving around and transporting things. There is a lot of freight transportation. It's um, very common to think about those very, very long trains in Australia. And it's um, it's not something that you really know the numbers, but there is a lot of food and a lot of material moving around within a country and within Europe on rails. So any flooding, for example, will damage the ground where the rail sits and if the rail is compromised you will have to have maintenance you will need to make sure that it's safe before use and if it's flood of course you cannot take the train and move it around and go 10 meters up the hill because there are no rails there yeah of course so how are the effects of climate change being currently tackled in your area of expertise Well, this year, the Institution of Civil Engineers, the ICE, has focused a lot on carbon emissions and greenhouse gases and the fact that infrastructure, our specialty, has on the world and the environment. They specifically mention how we are uh, the great enabler because we create the infrastructure, but its use is what will produce most of the carbon footprint because we create things that have 80 or more years of use ahead of them. We enable environmental and friendly behaviors with our designs. It's a consideration that is coming to be asked on how we can introduce change because we can influence how the infrastructure is used. Uh, For example, if I have a road that is congested and I add a third lane, traffic will move better for a while, but because more car will use that route, now that is better. Um, Am I making it worse in an environmental perspective? However, what if I make that third lane a bus lane and I have bus priority at junctions, then I will be promoting the use of public transportation system. I've been lucky in my career so far that most of the projects that I've worked on have had a very clear environmental side. 
And it's been heartwarming to see that in the last two years, there is an increased demand of environmental friendly scheme, like pedestrianization of urban centers or active traveling routes, which means bicycles mm-hmm. and bus lanes. Wow, that's so interesting to hear that there's so many different considerations you have. And it really sounds like um, transportation and this sector is going to be the forefront of climate action then. It's probably the one that needs to take the most action, but I also think that it has to be about how we use the infrastructure. After all, you contaminate while you're building, of course, but then a road may be there for the next 120 years. Yeah. So would you say that there is a greater focus towards adapting and improving existing infrastructure or in designing more climate-resistant infrastructures for the future? I think it's moving in both directions. I think design is traditionally limited by what our clients want and what they can afford, existing standards and policies, and we expect these to guide our hand. But policy changing is a slow turning wheel and we can't really afford to wait for policies to change. We have to drive the change. So it's it's been great to see some clients asking for whole life cycle impact studies or willing to try new materials in both new construction and maintenance. It is always easier to introduce measures in a new design. Mm-hmm. But most of the infrastructure right now is existing and in maintenance and adaptation, it's where most of the work will happen in the future. It also goes back a bit about the enabling part that I mentioned. Is the new project really needed or can I improve something that I already have to be more resilient so it's used willing towards net zero? Yeah, that's very forward thinking stuff then. You've kind of covered this, but how much does the transportation industry actually contribute towards climate change? I'm afraid it's quite a big number. Uh, The IC state of the nation for 2021 places the number at almost 42% of UK's infrastructure carbon footprint. Yeah, most of it is related to operations, how we use the infrastructure. The good thing is that it's something that we can all discuss and all of us can take upon ourselves to to change. Do I need to take my car and commute every single day? Can I take the train or can I work from home? Those are questions that are starting to be asked now and a lot more people is aware of their carbon footprint. Yes, uh... It's good to promote individuals to take their own actions towards limiting their own impact. So you've mentioned that the environment is given lots of importance when planning designs. So what level of importance is actually given to climate considerations then when in designing? Slowly but surely increasing. I think that the IC is giving a good push to get civil engineers to consider our role as enablers, and it's also calling for, uh, in the near future, to have compulsory whole life carbon assessments or to limit permissible emissions for construction projects, to invest in more research and development, to change the materials, to change the footprint that the steel and concrete industries have. Uh, When I was at university, environmental impact wasn't even that big of an issue. So the change is happening really fast, but I think it needs to happen even faster because we need to have our emissions by 2030. 
if we are going to keep within the 1.5 degrees Celsius temperature increase. And I remember when I was at uni, a professor saying that when tunnels were excavated manually and with explosives, you had an average of a death per meter advanced. And that project would absolutely get rejected on the spot today because safety is much more important and has a heavier weight than it used to. And I think environmental impact throughout life cycle will need to be at the same level as safety. And I think that's what the IC is trying to promote and what they're trying to aim for. And not only in the civil engineering industry, in all industries. So I think that such changes are going to follow the direction of priority that society places on different things then. So what aspects of your work in designing roads and highways tackles climate change right now? Most of it seems to lean towards mitigation or carbon offsetting up to now, usually in the way of tree planting. Mm-hmm. However, when you plan or when you when you plan for it, when you plant, you are planting saplings and they take quite a while to grow until they are actually good enough to offer any carbon offsetting. I worked in R&D, so I know that there are a lot of projects and a lot of great ideas out there on how to reduce or eliminate rather than just mitigate. But even though technology will have a huge role to play in the net zero aim, all those changes require investment Mm -hmm. and a change in the way that we do things now. We can't expect some magic invention to save us in the future. We need to start acting now with what we can do. And that is shifting the way that we use and build to and plan Mm -hmm. to something sustainable. And I've, I, I noticed a decrease in the use of public transport due to COVID fear. But I also think that working from home and removing car commute or shifting to public transport will go a long way. The reductions in pollution that we saw at the beginning of the pandemic due to the removal of traffic should be an indication of how big an impact we can actually make. There's a lot of roads around in England that have a use of 22,000 vehicles a day. That's a lot. That is actually pretty standard. Really? Oh, wow. So just imagine how much carbon is getting produced that way. And even when we measure, usually you only have one driver per vehicle. So it it's, as I was saying, our work as enablers, do we have enough strength that we can actually influence how it is used, the infrastructure, so we can reduce that? Because transportation, according to the state of the nation of this year's ICE, uh, has increased its footprint instead of decreased mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. So that's not great. And I think it may have been related a bit with COVID, with the fear of sharing or going in uh, a public transport system and just deciding to commute in your car or just go everywhere in your car to minimize your contact. And I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But I also am very happy with the working from home because it removes the need to commute. I think it's maybe where the industry should be going or where uh, we should be aiming maybe to to get. Yeah, so there's a lot of balancing of the pros and cons of all your actions to be done. Yes, I'm afraid it is. So going back a little bit, in what ways do you think the transport sector could reduce its impact onto the climate? So you've already mentioned like thinking about the 
wider impacts of your uh, constructions? Is there anything else? Most of it, as I keep mentioning, it's about how we use the infrastructure. And that's what I'm happy when I see projects that are increasing cycle lanes or that they are introducing fully segregated cycle facilities and is it feasible for me to use it instead of using my car if you give me the option is it easier for me to actually decide to make the change there's a big shift towards electric vehicles in both private and public transportation but i think that about 30 percent of uk trains are still diesel trains Mm -hmm. there is a plan to phase them out by 2040 but they are still moving around every single day and electric or hydrogen buses should become the norm, even if they might be a bit of a price investment now. It's still the right thing to do. Definitely. So you mentioned electric cars. Is there any intention of making adaptations to roads to support such changes to modes of transport? Well, electric vehicles need charging points because they feed off the battery to move. And at the end of their life cycle, you need the safe recycling of the batteries. And hydrogen cars, for example, need to pump hydrogen. So it would be a shift from petrol stations. Mm-hmm. But on their day-to-day, they operate as a regular car. The shift should go more towards alternative to cars altogether, maybe, like buses or cycling facilities. Because, yes, an electric car is a zero-emissions car. But you still need to to charge it. And today, not all electricity is green. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been some projects that I've seen and some investigation about the idea of having power lines that will feed buses, for example. Um, So buses will look more like trams, but on wheels. Yeah. All those similar designs, but it would be complicated to make it to normal cars because they have a very varied range of heights. So they may tangle with the power cables or uh, induction road. I remember it being uh, spoken about, but right now, no car can charge by induction. They have a full battery and they move on that. It's also usually a bad idea to embed things into into the pavement, because if anything breaks, you have to break the pavement. And that's usually expensive and uh, slightly contaminating. It's either concrete or bituminous materials. So even though there are some projects, most of it, it's going around the the use of it, the petrol station, the gas stations and similar things. Yeah, I suppose it's difficult to compete with the convenience of personal cars then. It is. Unfortunately, it is because we we are very used to it and we are usually very happy to be in our own car without uh, any other consideration. I, for example, I don't like cars. I shouldn't say that. I'm the <laughs> I'm the road designer who doesn't drive. <laughs> wow. I don't own a car because I lived in a place that it's well communicated by train. So I usually walk places or or use the train to go places if I need to or to commute. So uh, for me, it doesn't make sense to have a car, either electric or diesel right now. But it's difficult to, to give away. And there's, of course, there's times that I would absolutely love to have my car to go away for a weekend but uh if the train is not going there i'm limited (laughs) yeah but definitely walking and manually moving it's definitely really good for your health 
yeah, yeah, <laughs> it keeps me healthy. Definitely. Finally, what do you think is the long-term impact of climate change on your work? Do you think there's going to be a massive change in the way infrastructure is designed or will it be something more to do with the materials that you use? Well, I think climate change will end up affecting all works because up till now we have been doing things like they've always been done back when we didn't know the implication of what we were doing. Uh, now the materials, of course, need to change. The production of these materials need to change. The repair systems, a shift towards less contaminating or polluting production and use will happen and it needs to happen. Maybe the design per se will not change that much, but how we go about using and building definitely will. Wonderful. This was a brilliant podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.